0: What is up entrepreneur. Thank you so much for being here with me today. You know, if you haven't had a chance to go back and check out the first two episodes for the month of January, you definitely want to do that because they are ones that are going to get your brain going and get you energized. Just kick off this amazing year. But for right now, I am jumping in with the brilliant Dr. Anne Kaplan. Let's go. Hey there, entrepreneur, and welcome to today's show. I am so grateful to be joined by Dr. Anne Kaplan, who is an award-winning businesswoman, author, and star of The Real Housewives of Toronto. Now, more specifically, she's the CEO and founder of iFinance Canada, Inc., which is a North North American consumer finance company, which she took from startup in 1996 to one of the largest consumer finance companies in Canada, which I can't wait to hear about that journey. And in addition, you know, she's won tons of national and international accolades. She hosts a lot of shows. She was just telling me about a fantastic fashion initiative that she is doing as well. And let's just enter mother, philanthropist, public speaker, and just well-rounded expert into the mix. So, Anne, thank you so much for being with me here today. No, thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited just to jump in because I can't, I can't even imagine the stories you have, especially when it comes to resilience. So can you give folks a little bit more background about your journey from starting your business? And I know you had a rough upbringing and things like that.
1: Yeah, it's, I I think what's important is that when you start on an initiative, you don't carry that heavy weight that's behind you. And when I started at 1996, I was a single mom with two kids and wanted to start a finance company. And so it's something different when you're in the banking, the finance world, where if they know you're young and you're there's two kids, you don't want to be brought down by the negative perception someone might have that somehow that two children got into your brain and you no longer can think. (laughs) (laughs) So you you have to move forward with that. This is not going to be my story. It's not going to be a story that I ended up without a spouse. It's not going to be my story that I'm a single mom. It's actually not anyone's business. What is their business was that I was able to make a business and build it. So I focused on that and less on the sad story, because then my sad story became my happy story. And I had my own life of my kids and they weren't a burden because that was my happy story. And then work wasn't too far to reach because I separated the two. Right. Right. And Yeah. Head down, just went for it, not even understanding the terminology in the finance world. it's, it's a whole different world, it's like speaking another language. Yeah. So it was it was a building and process. and the first year that I went into lending money, we loaned one million dollars. Wow. And I thought, row, where am I going to get? <laughs> where am I getting a million dollars? <laughs> so then we the 13th month, that's one month after our first year, We loaned another million dollars. After that, it snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. So I started reaching out to the banks. I just did borrow money. I I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So I would go in and say, I need $5 million. And that's amazing. (laughs) And so it would be, I learned how to pitch and I learned the questions. Every time someone asked me a question when I was pitching for money, I, kept note of that question and the next time i went in and pitched i would make sure i had the answer to that question so something like uh who are your competitors in the industry well by the time i got into the 25th place that had slammed the door in my face i had a booklet that said competitors in industry and i bound it up this is pre-internet stuff yeah 1996 so I bound it up and it said competitors and I would just tap the book and say okay I can speak at the competitors they didn't want to see they just wanted to know that I knew yeah exactly so it was really building that um business raising the funds keeping focused on it and then we were national then international and uh ch- adapting to change so I lead from the top, but I don't get involved in the day-to-day operations of the company. I hire great people and just let them run their job. And together we're a team, but I'm not you know, getting involved with them. Right. So I've done that over the years of building the company. We've gone through over $2 billion in loan applications. Wow. And I still work eight to nine hours a day. And that just doesn't stop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and especially in that industry, because I know we've had um, uh, Samantha Edison too, and she's kind of in the finance type of industry as well um, with credit card processing and and different aspects of it like that. But she's spoken to how hard it is because it is very much a man's industry. (laughs) And to have you come through and become a CEO of this large company must have rocked a lot of worlds, um, which makes me excited actually.
1: There was one time I was in and I was pitching. It was way back a few years and I was pitching for a partner. I knew that I was getting too big. And this one group came in and they went through months and months of due diligence. And at the end, they asked to meet with me alone. So they don't want my CFO. They just want me. So I go down to their big, big, massive offices, big room, go down to their offices. I sit down and I'm waiting and I'm wearing like Louboutin high shoes and a black suit and, course taking care that i look in a business suit mm-hmm. and i'm sitting down i'm having coffee waiting for them the door opens and in walks a whole string of men the chairman at the front all the way down to the junior all walk in to meet me in their boardroom so i stood up and the chairman was quite short so i stood up and i'm towering You're over him, him by louboutins and he looks up at me and he says this must be very intimidating and I looked at him, down at him, and said, I will try not to intimidate you any further, sir. And <laughs> I knew that that was sort of a little bit not going to maybe get me where I want. But if you think about it, if you are trying to get into a, uh, a party that people don't want you in, if you're trying to join a club where you, they, don't, they don't want you, why are you trying to join it? Right. So uh, um, they're going to always look at me as a woman, not a business person then maybe they weren't going to be
0: the best partners. Right, right. And be able to kind of see past that because like you said, you, you were keeping your children and you know, your, your home life and your business life separate, but you can't detach from being a female. You can't detach from you know, that statistic in itself. So you know, I absolutely adore that story because you're right. So who did you, how did that situation kind of resolve itself or partner or anything like that?
1: We we went through that meeting. We didn't part ways then, but ultimately we didn't complete the deal. But that deal was done because they don't call you in to say we want to meet you. Right. And the deal was done. So it, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't a lot of money, but they had more deep pockets to follow if we should have needed it. So it wasn't a bad thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But at least you you stood your ground and they knew kind of where you stood too. Humor humor goes a long way in those situations. <laughs> Oh absolutely. It really does. It really does. So how did you get um for lack of a better term how did you get so ballsy? That's going to be the only term. You know, confident?
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's confidence or not but I've never ever cared what anybody thought of me. I, I leaned from my values. And I don't really go, oh, what what did she think of me? Or what did he think of me? I think my friends are with me when I go out with my friends because they want to be out with me. So sure, sometimes you can read that maybe somebody wants to do a photo or something like that, but that's not my friends. So I don't care what people think. And I try to always lead from uh, a knowledge base. So I try to gather as much information as I can before I enter a room. And so I know who's at the table as much as I can, and what their agenda is likely, not what they tell me. What is their likely right. agenda? Yeah. And so I'm prepared, more prepared than they would think I am. So, it's and I don't go in as Doctor Kaplan; I go in as Anne. Yeah. I only pull the doctor card out when they try to like say something technical that they think I might not understand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes. I've, I've worked in tech and I've been in those situations where all of a sudden the engineers start talking over me and I'm like, no, I I do understand what you're talking about. I've been here for a while. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) And then it becomes a surprise to them and then they know they've misstepped. Um, which I, I like what you just said too, about understanding the agenda, the one that may be the hidden agenda or, you know, the one that maybe isn't as public because that is always a thing. Can you speak a little bit more about that aspect of stuff? Yeah, even
1: when someone calls up and says, hey, can I have a meeting? I want to know what do they want to meet for and how long. And if it's something that they want to talk about, um, they want some guidance on the finance industry. It's okay that we're going to talk about that. But if they came in and saw me and they actually want a job, it would be, well, this wasn't what you wanted to see me for. Or if somebody was wanting to meet with me and then they try to sell me something, I'm not really crazy about that. It's So it's being very transparent with an agenda and get it up front now. So if you're meeting me because you're trying to sell me whatever, okay, sure. I'll meet with you. I'm interested in that. Let's hear your story. It's not meet with me just to say hello and then shift in the little document and say sign here. So I like to be very, very, very transparent about the purpose of a meeting and the agenda of the meeting, but if I'm not quite sure, I'd like to figure out, sure, they want to meet me. Say it's an investment bank or something. They want to meet me because other fintechs are going public. So I'll start to look at the background of that company and say, aha, they don't have a, a point of sale platform. That's why they want to meet or something like that. So I'm figuring out their agenda so I can be more prepared to address what the underlying questions are. Yeah.
0: That is, that is ridiculously smart. And it's, it's something I actually tell clients to do as well, because there's always a, what's in it for them factor. Right. And I don't say that to think, to say like everybody's selfish and everybody's out for self-gain, but they are on some levels in business. Right. Um, or to it's help trade. Like it has to be a trade. Yes. It yes. I'll do this for you. And I don't mind a
1: salesperson. In fact, I admire a good yes. sales, but, but let's make this a trade. It's going to have a cost of some sort. Yeah we're going to trade and that's fine. If that's what we're
0: meeting for, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think that should be the the motto for a lot of things in life <laughs> that there's that, you know, that level of transparency with it, because you're exactly right. I'm very similar where you want to pitch me. I'll listen all day long, as long as I'm given the choice um, yeah. to listen, where I think you see a lot of stuff nowadays where people are kind of DMing, very quickly on LinkedIn, or you know, they're they're not respecting kind of that boundary that you just described. So therefore, it's it's a numbers game, which sales is on some level, but more so than a connection. That's true. That's um, true. That happens. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of kind of connection and things like that, so you and I were speaking before this about kind of the negativity and and different things that you're seeing out there. So can you can you tell me more about your your view on on just that and the scene that's out there right now? The
1: scene is vicious that's out there right now. And so what I've seen is that during COVID, we really emphasized um, movements, movements to say quality, movements to say um, people stood behind more of what they believed in. There was more of that he, she, they, those types of movements and Mm -hmm. how people identify themselves and the anti this, anti that. So you come out of that and of COVID and you say, I think all of us went through that. We started to val- look at our lives, look at what we valued. We started to learn how to use the internet more to voice our opinions and our yeah. where we, our alliances are. But what also came out of that is that we got very negative. We can react very quickly to cancel somebody out, to discount someone without enough information. And it, I feel that's very hurtful for so many people, young people that don't know how to handle yeah. um, people dissing them. I see negative things out there that I think are wrong. I see people that are being bought to post about certain things on social media that they may not even know anything about. If you look at recently, the celebrities that are standing behind Bitcoin, for example, and the bashing that they're getting, they're starting to take sides. So there's these divides that are happening very quickly on social media. And nobody wants to be accountable for any of it. They just want to take one side or the other. So there's right. a divide and then there's another divide. And I find divides very sad. I think people should be able to voice their opinion without being put into a bucket and to argue their opinion. But if you know someone and you don't like something they post and then contact that person directly yeah, and confront that person directly, because that's what we would have done pre- all the social media so rather than just post like oh you awful person it's a, why don't you hear their side of the story why don't you hear why they did and maybe you can bring light to them to say oh my gosh I never thought of it that way than to go and cancel somebody out yeah. and you see then people are attacking Christy Teagan for something she did or didn't do years ago but she did say I'm sorry but why bring her down So that's another thing is that people are attacking because they want the attention. Mm -hmm. They want to attack well-known people because they want the attention to themselves that they might not otherwise get because social media and the media bring instant recognition to people that have a negative voice. Yes. So depending on your political divide, depending on your stance that you're taking and the, the stance of a media personality or a large Instagram following, they want to pull you in so you can rah, rah, rah behind them. That's what I don't like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it lacks so much integrity. I mean, and I'm, and I'm with you on it too, about the, the sides, right? I'm a big believer that life is never black and white. Um, you know, there's always kind of this middle ground, but, but the marketer in me knows damn well, how things are marketed, how they're positioned and to your point, how, you know, negative news Sells a little bit better sometimes than the positive news, right? Um, So you can, you know, you can see that, and that is a very scary thing, especially around when we start seeing things like AI coming and all of these technological things coming. It's not going to get better, right? Like, well, so know that AI, artificial intelligence,
1: is garnered from human logic. So when you look at what happened with um, Amazon. Mm -hmm. and the employees they actually the ai the artificial intelligence is measuring the attributes that were on a application form and on a resume and they were picking up who was hired and who wasn't so what happened out of ai is they took human logic that actually did happen they took just call it a hundred resumes and they took the three people that were hired they they took the variables out of those resumes such as the names the location etc and if you changed the name of that person from a, call it a, a Latin name to a Irish name. So you, you, or you changed it from Tim Wong to um, John Doe, John Doe on the same resume would get hired. Right. And that is telling us that artificial intelligence is not artificial and necessarily it is Emulating how humans think, because human logic programs artificial intelligence. Then artificial intelligence measures from
0: what human has already done. Yeah, I was just—that's exactly what I was just thinking. Programs require programmers, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so, and, and my friend, my friend Charlie Oliver, who was on here too, we were talking about because we we're you know involved with a lot of the conversations around policing that and keeping the human aspect, the good maybe the good and the bad, because I think you need to balance them out. But at the same time, not, not capitalizing on the negativity either. Like you just said too, right? Like it does sell more sometimes, right? The sensationalized stories and the drama and, you know, all of that stuff, but it lacks so much integrity. Correct. Yeah.
1: And you, I mean, even in, in, the, uh, in the AI, a, a company could respond saying, you know, my goodness, we didn't realize that that's the positions we were taking. We didn't realize. And we will make an effort going forward to not have this happen and show what they're going to do rather than defend, defend, defend. And I'm not saying in this case that I'm defending or for or against that because I didn't follow it that closely. Right. But it's, I think we have to The best thing you can do is to address it and say, I learned and this will not continue. So I think we have to give people an opportunity to do that, too, especially those that are negative out there on social media is to say quietly, this isn't very good.
0: Yeah. And why? Because it just, it reminds me, and I mean, I have small children, right? And it reminds me of like, the more you yell at them, the more quieter they will get about their things, right? So when you shut down that forum, and I'm not saying again, I'm not saying I'm for or against whatever, but I'm just saying humans, if you keep yelling at them, the fear will take over. And then to your point, they're not going to say, Hey, you know, we're sorry, we messed this up. They're going to defend, even if they don't no longer believe it, because it's, you know, their, their reaction to the fear too.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's um, I think it is, everybody's a star on social media <laughs> too. And I think it's gotten to the point where we're not really, we're starting to believe the person we're posting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a tough one.
0: It's a really, really tough one out there. It is. It is because I think marketing isn't new, right? Positioning isn't new. It's just that it is so magnified. And those of us who, who are kind of in this realm understand, like followers don't equal value, right? Your, your number at the end of the day does not equal your self-worth, things like that. But to your earlier point, you know, I, I am concerned about the younger generations. I mean, I'm the first generation that had half in and half out, right? So half my life was without all this stuff. And now here we are, but the ones below that, I cannot even imagine dealing with the level of insecurities that a normal human being has, and then magnify the hell out of them with all of that.
1: Yeah. It's I, my youngest is, uh, how old is he? I think he just turned 18. He just turned 18. And I don't see he is so fast on those phones, but he yeah. is quickly, quickly, quickly respond to him. It's uh, he has a lot of followers and yeah, very, um, very much people hitting on him and things like that. It's, I think, it's hard, really hard. Yeah,
0: yeah, there. I mean, it's it's very it's jarring because, you know, as a human being, you can, um, in the real world, IRL, right. In real life, you can, you can put those boundaries up and you can, they may be hard to do, but you know, the ability to DM somebody, I mean, for myself alone, the, the, the lines will say that have been crossed. And I'm sure you have experienced it as well, that come into your DMS where people blatantly cross those lines. Um, And now if you take a 17 year old girl or an 18 year old boy and those lines are being crossed, like that just makes me kind of want to throw up (laughs) for my, for my children, quite frankly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and in that
1: age, that 16, 17 mentality year old, they're finding themselves. And I mean, we all have done things where, you know, you might wear a shirt that's a little bit too provocative. Well, this is really hard when you're on social media and you've got all of the stalkers out there, people trying to reach out and grab your kids and bring Mm -hmm. them in, whatever they are. And this all happens like that. It's just instantaneous. So I I am concerned about how fast the messaging is and it's not going to change. No, there's no governance on it. So it's really a matter of training our kids and trying to hope that they don't get locked into it. Uh, it's, It's like, don't drink, don't do drugs and don't get too caught up on social media.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I had, um, my nephew asked me a little while back, like, well, you have any advice when I'm going to parties? I think he's like, you know, he's 16, 17. And I just said, never be the drunkest one at the party. I think that's all you gotta do is like, keep your head above water and never post anything, you know, that you don't want anyone to see 20 years from now. Like, do you really, if God forbid, if any of the stuff that I know (laughs) from college ended up, you know, nowadays, but for, for business owners and for our entrepreneurs out there, you know, that is a very fine line to walk, like you said, around, I can't even believe the word cancel now applies to humans um, because they are humans, right? We can't cancel somebody, yeah. but yet we do. Um, you know, and especially our small business owners are terrified. I have clients who are terrified about saying the wrong thing, posting the wrong thing, because it takes one time and your entire business gets gone, Right. And it's also
1: if you look at some of the posts that happen, and I've seen this in the industry, is um, because we, we mostly what we finance are medical, dental, veterinary pres- mm-hmm. uh, clinics, right. and I've seen the uh, not that they don't finance them, we finance customers, but you see the clinics are very competitive, and often when they have the posts that are up there, and it's all oh, you're the greatest, you're the greatest, and then there's a negative post, it's likely the competition that's putting the negative post up there, so. Yeah there's ways that people are manipulating to get ahead. And then there's the nice guys that go, Oh my goodness, that person just came in. Maybe it was a competition. It just had an hissy fit and then wanted to do something negative. So you can get really brought down by negativity.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I and when you encounter something like that, I mean, that's a very good point that it could be a competition um, or a calculated move in general, but you know, what would you say to somebody who's kind of in those shoes? You know, I mean, stay calm, <laughs> I think is number one. <laughs> but uh, what
1: do you say to someone in those shoes? It's, it's not fair because people work hard to set up a business. They say work yeah. hard, to open a shop. They work hard for sustaining it, especially during COVID and during these times. Yeah, I think it's walking through with someone in a position like that and saying, how can we get this back on track? Yeah. And just not ignoring it because it's going to be, it must be deep to have something turn the wrong way. Yeah, And I don't wish that on anyone, but ignoring it um, or accepting that it, that things are going to change one of the two, but ignoring it isn't going to fix it.
0: No, no, it's not. And I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big Brene Brown fan. I'm a big proponent of hard conversations, you know, things like that, because, it's like you said, it's not going away. These problems that have been kind of unearthed, they're not new (laughs) and, you know, they're just, they may look new. They may be in a different wrapping, but they are definitely things that, you know, business owners have dealt with before, not of this magnitude, but they're, they're things. And I mean, I'm, I've always kind of seen the dynamic of it swings to one, you know, really big kind of end of the spectrum, and then it swings back and then it's got to land in the middle, but without the hard conversations, I don't know that it can. Right. 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 You know, so if I have somebody who comes in and they post post on my social media or, you know, they get nasty. I mean, I think it's, I think it's what you said before you need to ask the why question, right? Like what is sparking that? Why is, you know, why now, why this, why me, you know, things like that. Right. Would you agree? Yeah. And there, I had someone once post on my social media
1: and it was actually one of the housewives, and she said, um, I posted a dress of me in a gown and she posted, oh, I don't like her style. And then I posted back and said, I didn't even know I had style.
0: Oh, I saw that quote on your website. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I
1: thought, thanks for the compliment. It was
0: yeah. Just... Thanks. You know, I think it's, it's about not taking yourself too seriously too in that moment. Right. I mean, because that is when the ego comes in, right? That is exactly, you get hit there and you're like, oh, and then you respond from a place of ego versus a place of strategy.
1: (laughs) And I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's like, you got to get over yourself, like get over yourself because really it's just, you got to like yourself, just get over yourself. We're all important. And, and I think that's really important to remember in all aspects that we're, we're equal and we're all important. So Yeah, no one's holding a higher ground.
0: Right, right. I mean, except Adele. Except Adele. Adele is in another category. (laughs) I saw, I saw her concert, like parts of it the other day. The one that like Oprah hosted or wherever, it was beautiful, beautiful. She's in the gown and everything. Oh my goodness, um, I adore, I adore her. But you know, I think a lot of this stuff, you know, comes back to being a human you know doing the human thing about asking why i mean the, and i, I want to clarify too we're not necessarily talking about hate crimes and like the massive things like that that are clearly not okay <laughs> but when people hurt people hurt people right i'm a big i teach my kids that all the time too so chances are if somebody's trying to hurt you it's a strategic move calculated there's a reason jealous
1: jealous too jealousy, jealousy
0: insecurity Yep. Um, But being mean, I
1: I had one point I was in Australia and I was walking on the dock and I had just had foot surgery. So I've had four foot surgeries. So I was walking and it's hard for me to walk sometimes because the swelling happens on my feet. So I was walking and I did a little video clip on the dock. because you don't get a lot of opportunities. I don't go to Australia all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then on my posting, it was somebody was messaging, but not realizing that it was showing up on my post and they were going, what's wrong with her? Why does she walk like that? Oh, she must be this. And it was just awful. And I'm looking at that thinking, why would you even have that kind of a um, Mm. conversation about some, why would you bring up something? It didn't hurt my feelings, but I'm looking at it going, you're wasting a lot of like typing. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of thumb moves or whatever they're using on saying, trying to analyze why someone like limps.
0: And yeah, I mean, and it's because that I think, you know, I'm a big believer. I mean, if you're not going to examine your own life, you're certainly going to examine somebody else's. Right. So I think a lot of the people who do, who do say things like that or do, you know, I've taken some, some good blows myself where I've, you know, and I've spent the time, And when you are a self-aware human, like you said, you knew it wasn't going to bother you because you know where you stand, right? You know, when your head hits the pillow, who you are and what you're about. So that's not about you. I tell clients that all the time. Like that's not your shit to own. That's theirs. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so then in business too, you know, you have a, you have another great little slogan, which I absolutely love on your website, which is whatever you do, whoever you are, own it. And this plays right into this for good, bad, ugly, whatever, right?
1: Yeah. Whatever comes out of your mouth is that that's the authenticity I think that we should carry because, and I've said this to my kids and it's almost like love story. Do you remember love story with Ellen McGraw and Ryan O'Neill? I think so. It was love means never having to say you're sorry. Yeah. But I tell my kids, you don't need to come and say, sorry, just don't do that action again.
0: Yeah.
1: And so it's the, the word sorry, isn't there for us to continue to do something and then say, sorry. Yeah. So you, to do something, we're, we're very aware human beings, what comes out of our mouth. We're very aware of, we're very aware. When we say something mean to someone, we're very aware when we're negative. So you want to be negative. Don't come back and say, sorry, just learn from it.
0: Yeah. Look at your own self and then decide if you want to do that again to somebody. Yeah. I think the, the step that you just said, look at your own self right? Cause I, I run, I come in contact with a lot of people who, when I ask them what makes them happy or any kind of self exploration type of questions, they look at me like deer in headlights terrified because they don't want to, (laughs) they don't want to look at self. What makes you happy? My kids. Yeah. (laughs) Music. Music is another big one for me. How about you? What makes you happy? Um, Almost all my kids. (laughs) That might've been the best answer I've ever heard. That is, that is a very authentic answer.
1: <laughs> my my 17 year old who was 16 at the time last year, it wasn't my birthday. It was just before my birthday in the beginning of October. He comes in the kitchen and he says, he has got a really deep voice. He's like six foot two, really deep voice. He goes, mom, I got you a birthday present. And I'm like, it's not my birthday. He goes, no, I got you a birthday present. And so I'm like, okay. He goes, do you want it now? Do you want to see it? And I said, but it's not my birthday. I said, but if you want to give it to me, give me the present now. Yeah, sure. He turns around, pulls his pants down. I think he's going to moon me, but he keeps going down. He's wearing underwear and on his calf, it's a heart. And it says, I love mom oh. and little flowers around it. And I just looked at him and said, first of all, that's brilliant, because I can't get mad at you. I can't ask you, exactly. who gave you that tattoo? You're nope. 16 years old.
0: Well I played. At
1: you. Where did you get the money? Because you're not working. So who paid for the tattoo? It's brilliant. And then I went in the cupboard and I got this plastic trophy I had from the dollar store. <laughs> yeah. And handed it to him and christened him my favorite child. Exactly. So all the kids know until they get a tattoo that he is my favorite. So yes, I do have a favorite.
0: Yeah. You need to have a family tattoo party just to, just even the field. Right? <laughs> Everybody, you get a tattoo and you get a tattoo. Like, you know, I think that's, that's fantastic, but you know, I think it's what, what, what else makes you happy? Let me go back to that. Oh, what makes me happy? Um, I think joyous. I-, I actually want to switch that to joyous. Oh, okay. Joyous? Of happy, I, think. I, I
1: think when I laugh till I cry, I can, I can, mm-hmm. I like to laugh every day, and I find life absolutely hilarious, and I've had the good fortune to have a husband who's hilarious.
0: Nice.
1: And uh, I just enjoy the laughter. I miss it if I don't laugh in a day.
0: Yeah. And it's that, it's that fun factor too, right? My, my lovely friend, Catherine Price is coming out with a book in the next month called the power of fun, where she actually went and researched. And it's that fun where like, like you said, you laugh until you cry and it really does rejuvenate your entire soul. (laughs) Um, but we, as adults forget that it's a thing and it seems so, um, sometimes it can seem like it, it only happens once in a blue moon, unless you're looking for opportunities. So do you search out opportunities for joy i like to have fun yes i think i do not not consciously but
1: i have i spend time with people that i feel free yeah. enough that we can be joking around with each other yeah yeah so i think i do seek that out and i look at every single dinner party every single dinner as an opportunity to do something wacky and fun
0: awesome.
1: i like to dress up and like have theme parties and like without any excuse of, or reason why we shouldn't. I've invited my kids to Nobu in La Cienega in in LA and bought everybody costumes from the Batman t- movies. Yeah. The, the thing was we had to dress up. We had to come dressed in the costumes. We had like this table of 10 and we're all dressed up like Batgirl, Batman and all that stuff. That's amazing. And, but it, it's just made the dinner party, even though we were in... No boo. just hilarious. Only two people wouldn't do
0: it. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? They were still probably sitting at the table with all the Batman people. So they probably should have just done it. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, and as a CEO and running a company and stuff like that, that's gotta be an amazing trait to have because regardless, like you said, you don't get involved in the day-to-day, but your people know that that's your, that's how you operate though. So, I mean, I can imagine that forms a lot of connections and loyalty from a work perspective.
1: Yeah, my, I think that the people that I work with, they um, they know the personality, but it's not brought into the office. And I think the only they've they've seen the housewives, so they they have a little bit more of an understanding. They've read my books, so they have a bit of. Some of them have read them, have a bit of understanding. But the uh, the fun factor, it's there. Yes, it's there. Yeah. But I am serious about my work, and I do go into the office, shut the door. And I have my head's down all day. So it's not that they're, they're hearing um, like party music.
0: coming. Yeah, you're out. not showing up to work dressed as Batman <laughs> or anything like that. No, well, but I did
1: show up one time <laughs> dressed as Supergirl or Wonder Woman.
0: That's and it
1: was, it was Halloween. And I had a business meeting that day, which I hadn't connected. The lunch it <laughs> was the day we had our costume party at work. And so I ended up in this restaurant dressed up as, when nobody else in the restaurant was dressed up that day. It was like a business restaurant. Anyway, so I did have that, did have it.
0: I'm sure you were were memorable though. I'm sure they remembered that. That's a story that people are telling still. (laughs) That's good for business. I would go for with that one, right? Um, Well, I mean, anything else that you can kind of share with us here? You've just got such a great range of knowledge and i absolutely adore your personality as well which is great um, so you know for our entrepreneurs out there maybe the newbies let's let's talk to the newbies for a sec who are just kind of starting out you know what what kind of two cents do you have for them so if
1: the newbies are starting out in the younger generation i would say reverse engineer any kind of business idea you have and look at distribution as the as the driver And then go backwards and look at the product and that product match it to the mass distribution. You want to have, figure out whatever you're trying to do, whatever solution you're trying to give, whatever product you're trying to give and reverse engineer mass distribution. If you're just trying to sell to your neighborhood, call it, then you're not going to get mass distribution, but if that's your comfort level, then be comfortable that that is your comfort level and you're not going to get bigger than your neighborhood. Now, the internet, the Amazon marketplaces, the Facebook marketplace, the uh, Shopify, all those places have opportunities for mass distribution, whatever product you have. The internet has mass distribution with YouTube and with other things. So think big, think really big and think mass distribution, don't look at that as being too far away. You can do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do like the fact that you just said, if you really want to do it in your backyard, that's okay. But yeah. just own that, I think, and, and know that there are different phases for it too. Maybe your comfort level is your backyard right now, but maybe five years from now, you want to conquer the world. And that's cool too. Like know that you can do both, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is
1: very easy to say i only wanted to work in my neighborhood and then say later on i wish i went bigger and because i only want to work my neighborhood it's okay to say you're you're, you have children and you don't want to really venture too far out or you whatever the reasons are that you're making that decision it's just be careful that you have thought about the implications of staying small
0: yeah yeah and, and like it. the roadmap and the roadmap of, you know, thinking ahead of time and not just right in that moment, because especially for folks with kids, I know, cause I'm, I mean, mine are, mine are eight and five. So like, I'm pretty close in that range of like, oh my goodness, I've had to turn down a lot of things, but yeah. I'm also very clear on that short-term and yeah. what the long-term looks like too. And knowing that if you're in a season, then it's a season and that season ends, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay to take a shift over to, um, I, I mean, I've gone through it with, with children too, where I have to really focus on something else at the time. Yeah. Their needs.
0: Yeah. I mean, I speak a lot to clients about, you know, what, what chapter of life are you in? Right. What are, what are the goals for this chapter and this chapter alone? Because the page is going to flip right. And that, and that's okay, but just know the page is going to flip right, <laughs> to the next chapter. Great. Um anything for our experienced folks that you want to kind of tell. I mean, that message goes for them too, but anything that you kind of want to tell our experienced entrepreneurs listening to?
1: So people that are entrepreneurs and they're doing well. And I, I found this with um, being a CEO of a finance company, it's actually and I'm in finance. Like I my degrees are finance degrees. Yeah. And but I actually it's like saying I'm an accountant and I want to party. It's, I actually have fun. I love television. I love fashion. I love writing. And just because I'm a CEO of a company and because I'm in finance doesn't mean that I can't do other things. And I, I'd look at Jennifer Lopez, for example, she was a dancer, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then she became a singer and then she became a actor and she didn't just say, Hey, okay, I've made it. I'm a, um, I'm a a dancer. She became the thing she wanted to be. So if you're running a company and you're enjoying it, it doesn't mean that other doors are shut. It means you're going to have to work a little harder or a little more, but pursue other interests that you might find really fun. There is nothing wrong with wearing a gown. There's nothing wrong with, for females, of, looking like a woman you don't need to wear a black suit white shirt there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that so you can be yourself and express yourself of who you are how you want to present yourself i think without especially in this era without um I- any concern or embarrassment yeah you should be who you want to be and if you want to go to a gala in a gown and you happen to be a hardcore businesswoman wear the gown
0: okay. <laughs> it's Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think you would give, you give the people around you permission to do the same thing when you do that,
1: Yes. you know, when,
0: when they think it's okay, like they see somebody else modeling it, then, you know, you never know because of social media, you know, who's watching and who can be inspired by that in a good way to say, oh, you know, let me get curious about this thing. I've wanted to get curious about for five years. Right. I think curiosity is the best trait that we can all have.
1: Well, men have done it. Men have done it with um, they their business. They take their lunches, their cocktail lunches. They've taken golf trips. They, they've they gotten away with it for years. Women have to be business women and really not as welcome in the business world yeah. and then go home and be parents. Yeah, And so those are the roles that we were programmed to believe. And that part of it is probably our nurturing aspect, too. Right, right. But it doesn't mean that that is what defines you. You can actually create how you want to be defined. So you can create other avenues of interest now, I think, without having to say, I have to give that up. Right. So it's, um, I would give that advice to a a, a successful entrepreneur that um, to really expand their horizons if they haven't already done so.
0: Yeah. And not feel
1: guilty or bad about it.
0: Right. That's such valuable advice, especially when you're a CEO of a company, I can imagine that a lot of people think the world should revolve around that company for you. Right. And yeah. you're, you're walking, talking proof that that does not need to be the case because, you know, you are as multi-entrepreneur as I've seen, my dear. So. Well, the, the company, I, it's also, if you are representing a
1: company, you actually should always be representing that company. And it doesn't mean that I'm about to swing on chandeliers and post it on social media. Right. But if you're having whatever your company represents, if you're, you're in line with the company values, but before it wasn't that we could show a social life that we could, you would get, I would get knocked down if I went out years ago and it would be, why don't she, why doesn't she get back to her kids?
0: Mm.
1: if I went out. Yeah. 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 I actually need a break and want to have dinner. The kids are with whoever, my mother, and I'm just going out to dinner. So we don't get that luxury of having a night off without criticism.
0: No, I mean, I remember going on a work trip when I only had one child at the time and I was being sent to London for work. And I literally had somebody say to me, well, who will have your children? like with genuine concern and i said their father and then they cons- continue to be concerned at me like well what is he going to do and I'm, and I'm like he's going to he's going to keep them alive and it'll be okay and i was still fielding calls from daycare and everyone else in london and i was like i'm not even in your time zone i cannot help you <laughs> like, <laughs> you're exactly right there is kind of that like you know that double that double standard there but i think the more we push against it the more it's okay to, to push against it.
1: Yes. And I think we should live our lives the way that we want to. But when you have dependence, uh, when people depend on you, you they must be forefront in your mind of what's good for yes. them. My husband and I have a, a motto that we've always followed since we've been married over, I don't know, more than 20 years we've been together. And it's always been everything we want to do. It has to be what's good for the family. Yeah. So if I want to go to England on a trip, mm-hmm. that's good for the family. If he's watching them and X, Y, Z, then that's good for the family. I'm going to England. I'm getting what I'm done. I have done my right. kids safe. So that's good for the family. So every decision we make, um, if my husband and I want to go out alone without the kids, it's
0: good for the family, you know, good for your yeah. sanity.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but we would ask ourselves that. And yeah. so that, that's the driving answer to every question that we have had, including our careers of everything, where That's we live, what beautiful. we do.
0: I, I love the fact that it's the family, because oftentimes you hear the kids, right? And then the moms automatically kind of get, we get neglected, yeah. right? It goes like a kid's dad, mom, you know? Um, but I like the fact that you're saying what's good for the family and not good with what's good for the family by other people's standards. What's yeah. good for your family yes. as a unit? Yes, exactly. Which is beautiful. Well, I mean, any final any final words? I feel like this is brilliant. I just don't want to. I don't want to stifle you. If there's anything last bits that you want to give, and if not, that's okay too. You
1: know, I I just want to say just how lovely you are, and thank Thank you for the opportunity. So it's just really been enjoyable chatting with you. Really, thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. You.
0: And thank you. I mean, tell people where they can find find you, or where you would like them to find you.
1: So the easiest place is um, Ann Kaplan. That's A-N-N-K-A-P-L-A-N.com. So there's a website and that links to everything. And my social media is Ann Kaplan underscore own it. Perfect. So they can find me there.
0: That's perfect. And I'll put all of this, you know, I'll put links in the notes too. And, you know, Ann, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation on a personal and professional level for me. So thank you for being here. Thank you very much. Ann brought up a lot of interesting points throughout this discussion. I know we were, we were all over the place, right? We covered a lot of territory, but you know, the main, the main thing that sticks with me is that, you know, we have to remember the human being part of things. And if you, if you've been to my website, if you've ever heard me talk before, that's one of the big things that I'm a proponent of is keeping the personal in business and remembering that there are people on the other side of that screen and that, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And that sometimes, you can take a business out. And I can attest to this because I have clients who are really worried about that, that one bad review, one bad comment, you know, someone's snarky share online, something like that can really impact a business. And I think as humans, we need to remember that kind of you own the good, the bad, the ugly, and all of your actions, and that there's a level of self-awareness and accountability that comes with, you know, being on this planet (laughs) per se, entrepreneur, corporate, whatever you may be doing, those things, you know, will always ring true, and we need to remember them, especially in the context of social media. And on next week's episode, I am welcoming the incredible Elena Armijo to the show, and we are discussing a topic that I've seen, I don't know 50,000 times in the media. So I feel like we needed to we need to talk about it here. And it is the great resignation, but not necessarily in the way that you would think. you know, instead, we're going to re-examine it. you know, what if we re-examined it? you know, this mass exodus through the lens of positivity and innovation and opportunity. And she's got a really interesting viewpoint on it because she works right in the middle of a lot of it that's happening. So you won't want to miss this episode. And if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, follow, rate, and review. And you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later.